injures the baby during the embrace. She has a cut on her shoulder bone that veterinarians quickly treat. Yuan Yuan is exhausted from the birth, so the vet has taken some of her milk to feed the newborn cub. The vet wipes the cub's mouth and feeds her and tries to get her to make a bowel movement. The new panda cub is now in an incubator. Taipei Zoo spokesperson Eric Zhao says the cub just drank 18 milliliters of milk. She's able to nurse and is actively looking for food. He says the baby cub is safe and healthy, so everyone need not worry. Both of Yuan Yuan's pregnancies were through artificial insemination. They've tried every year, and this year she got lucky. Both times, Yuan Yuan also accidentally injured her baby, so they had to be separated from her during the first month. It's not easy being a mama bear. Here, Yuan Yuan is experiencing labor pain ahead of the birth. The panda cub will say hello to the public when she's about six months old, an event that's likely to draw a crowd. In the meantime, the zoo hopes the public can help give her a name. What's this all about? Why are they doing that? What's going on here? It's Curious John. What is he curious about today? Every night, high in the mountains of Taiwan's rugged center, a lone astronomer sits in an observatory control room monitoring the night sky. It's solitary work, but for those who wish to unlock the secrets of the universe, it's work that must be done. Here, the darkness of night is the kind of profound black that most modern people have forgotten, and the stars hang vividly in the cold, deep mountain air. Welcome to the Lulin Observatory, the place the astronomical community turns to when the rest of the world is bright with daylight. Site engineer Mr. Zhang has helped bring back much of the observatory's equipment from abroad and adapted it to Taiwan's rugged interior. He joins us today for an overview of the observatory's work and an explanation of the critical role Taiwan has to play in making our view of the night sky complete. The Lulin Observatory is associated with National Central University. It sits at 2,862 meters above sea level atop the front peak of Mount Lulin. Here, within the bounds of Yushan National Park and far from major sources of light pollution, the air practically quivers with stars during certain times of year. The location has its pros and cons, but the pros are by far the more important. During the summer months, cloud cover may block the view and rainstorms may come. But during the winter, the peak sits far above the clouds, and the view is unobstructed. Unlike other mountaintop sites that the university once considered, this southern part of Taiwan's inland mountains is not affected by the northeast monsoon that soaks the north in winter. This means that the peak observation season is in the autumn and winter months. But that's certainly better than nothing. Without Taiwanese observatories like this one, a big chunk of data about the night sky would be missing for several hours each night. Mr. Zhang explains. To the east of Taiwan, the Pacific stretches out all the way to Hawaii. Then going to the west of Taiwan, the nearest spot suitable for serious stargazing is in China's Yunnan province, far enough to the west to leave a serious gap of several hours every night. Scientists could, of course, look to the north of Taiwan, to Japan, for example. 
But Mr. Zhang says, by that point, you've gone too far north to observe the more southerly skies that you see from Taiwan. Similarly, you might head south to places like the Philippines or Indonesia. But Mr. Zhang says the high peaks in those places tend to be spots where the weather is much more rainy and building costs are much more prohibitive. The Lulin Observatory has been a long time coming. Already during the Japanese colonial period, which lasted from 1895 to 1945, Japan had planned to build an observatory on Taiwan, in the same general neighborhood, atop the mountain called Alishan. This would have been Japan's biggest and southernmost observatory. But the plans never came to fruition, and Japan's defeat in World War II ended its rule over Taiwan. After much searching for a suitable site during the 1980s, National Central University revived the dream of a high mountain Taiwanese observatory. It looked at several sites before rejecting all but the current site for reasons related to weather. It took a long time to set the observatory up, and there was at least one false start a failed attempt in 2000 to bring up a 76-centimeter telescope. Eventually, though, four 50-centimeter telescopes were brought up successfully. And finally, the one-meter telescope that sits there now. That was installed in 2002, and the first scientific observation came the following year. Mr. Zhang says that the one-meter telescope is small by global standards, but this is an important observatory nonetheless. We've already talked about its geographic advantages, but there's also the fact that this is the training ground for young Taiwanese astronomers. The telescope may not be tremendously big, but the university can use it as it pleases, in ways that meet its students' needs. This telescope is interesting because it includes three separate pieces of equipment. The first is used to measure light and color, something called CCD photometry. And according to Mr. Zhang, this is useful for determining distances through the void. The second instrument is a spectroscope, while the third looks at something called polarization to figure out what astronomical objects are made up of, and whether they're closer or further away when compared with other objects. Whoever's in the control room has a lot to do. They not only have to manage this big telescope, but two smaller ones as well. One is there to monitor the night sky generally, observing different places according to a fixed schedule. The other, meanwhile, is scanning the sky for new, unknown things that might suddenly appear. As we've already established, it's a lonely life up on the peak. Besides engineers like Mr. Zhang, there are only seven people up there. Four assistants, who take it in turns to monitor the skies each night, two people Mr. Zhang calls observational assistants, and one observatory head. Fortunately for the assistants on the nightly watch, all three telescopes can be operated by remote control. Many of them are there working on advanced degrees. 
The observatory's nighttime schedule is set three months in advance, and those who come there to work have their allotted time to work on their own projects. But no matter who's at the controls, they must always be alert. If they detect a sudden change, for instance, a gamma ray burst indicating that a star is about to explode, they have to be ready to shut everything down and train the telescopes to the place where the action is within three to five minutes. Fortunately, the observatory's been involved in plenty of international projects. If something really big happens, they can also expect tip-offs from colleagues in places like Hawaii, the next big observatory down the line. So what has Lulin Observatory achieved? The list of discoveries is pretty impressive. It's taken part in a robotic survey of the outer solar system, it's had a comet named after it, and it's been used to spot a minor planet between Mars and Jupiter. Again, a lot of its achievements have to do with its location, being in the right place at the right time of night, when no one else can observe this latitude. The nightly sky watchers may have a lonely job, but it's far from ungrateful work. Night after night, seated at their array of telescopes, they slowly advance Taiwan's contributions to astronomy, while getting an up-close view of the cosmos that few of us can ever hope to enjoy. And they know that their work won't go unseen either, with colleagues around the world looking at what they record. Who knows, maybe one of these solitary astronomers will make an important discovery. One thing is clear though, without these hardworking observers, our global understanding of the night sky would be missing an unmistakably Taiwan-shaped chunk. I'm Curious John, and I'll see you again next week. The Sound of the Puyuma Tribe on Radio Taiwan International. Imagine how powerful it would feel to play a song at a cafe in Taipei from the comfort of your own home, maybe even just sitting in your pajamas. Sounds impossible, doesn't it? Well, there's this cafe in Taipei that can let you do just that. I'm Andrew Ryan, and in today's Ear to the Ground, we head to Noise Kitchen to show you how it's done. An ear to the ground. Noise Kitchen is this great space at Taipei's Digital Art Center, which has all sorts of interactive sound art. The PR person for the center, Daniel, is giving me and my friend Alistair a tour. We went there last week, and we're back here for more again today. 
He brings us over to what's perhaps the biggest and most complicated piece in the entire venue. It's called another soundscape. The artist turned it into a modern technology version of a musical scale. Traditionally, we use paper and pen to create musical notes, but this is a modern style of musical notation. You can take the screws here and screw them into holes on the plate, like putting notes on a scale. Okay, so what we have here is we have a little conveyor belt with metal plates on it, and they have these little screws that you can screw into different holes. And then the conveyor belt, when it starts to move, all of the little screws are connected to wooden blocks. Wow, this is going to blow my mind. Which are fifteen <laughs> wooden blocks that are located on the tables within the cafe. Alistair, this is crazy. It's incredible. When I first got here and I sat down for a drink, I didn't realize my table was actually an instrument. It's a xylophone. The tables are there's three wooden. Plates on each table, like bars, and this metal contraption here that's in front of us, and you can hear the metal contraption moving, is controlling the sounds on the tables. The cool thing is, is you can change the location of the screws on this moving, what looks like it's like a conveyor belt or like a music box kind of,、right. and you can change the song that's being played. That's right. It's it's like a playground for adult musicians. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, and people who are interested in mechanical things. <laughs> Daniel turns it off, saying that it's a bit noisy. I bet it can be a little much if you're here all the time. Although the women behind the counter told me it wasn't too bad, I noticed though that they have these earplugs for sale, twenty Taiwan dollars or about sixty-five cents for a pair. A little sign on the glass jar says they're called Noise Kitchen isn't afraid of noise earplugs. What's cool about the installation art piece called Another Soundscape, which we've been looking at, is that there's another way to get it to play from a remote location. You can visit their website and fill out a form, and instead of screwing in screws on a scale, you click in boxes to get the same effect. Just press Enter, submitting the form, and moments later, the tune will play on the wooden tables. And that's not the only way to listen to the wooden xylo tables, as I like to call them. If you stick around long enough, they'll play by themselves. As Alistair and I were about to leave at about three o'clock. We heard a carefully orchestrated clunking of the wooden tables, which were creating, as the name would suggest, yet another soundscape in the noise kitchen. Next week, we're going to bring you back one more time to the noise kitchen for a couple more unique installations of sound art. Plus, we'll be finding out what note a Taiwan beer bottle makes. Just in case you needed to know, with an ear to the ground, I'm Andrew Ryan.
everyone pull yourself together already. It's time to feast! Sit down at the table with Andrew Ryan and Ellen Chu on Feast Meets West. Hello, welcome to the feast. This is Ellen Chu. And this is Andrew Ryan. And we have two special guests today. Yes, and it is our intern. That's right, Claire. Say hi, hi Claire. I'm Claire. And we also have our, actually, she's our work-study student. Okay. And then we have our intern, Wen Yi. Hi, everyone. I'm Wen Yi. And uh, Claire is from uh, Furen Catholic University. Yes, I study in Spanish. Okay, oh. but your English is very Hablo good. Hablo español. <laughs> Hablo un poco. poco. Okay. <laughs> And then um, Wen Yi is from which university? Um, National Taiwan University. Okay, excellent. And she's the also... The top university. And she's a trans... Oh, we're not comparing Ellen Chu. <laughs> we're always comparing. <laughs> I, I went to Berkeley. You went to Northwestern. Okay, oh. all right. <laughs> anyway, I wasn't bringing it up, but if okay. you're gonna... All right, nah, just kidding, okay? It's... Everyone has their own culture and everybody goes to a good school. That is true. right. Okay? That is we true. We don't compare or label. Um, except... You know, when it comes to berserkly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. So um, today we're talking about watermelons. Mm -hmm. Watermelons are in season. Um, do either of you enjoy eating watermelons? You can say no. No. <laughs> you don't? I don't like fruits. Oh, like mango eat? and watermelon. No. Oh, really? Yeah, so like you it. don't like the summer fruits? Oh. I personally don't like it because my dad always buy a huge, like, bigger than my head. The, the okay. watermelon back home and then every time I see the watermelon I was I'm thinking like I'm not gonna take it <laughs> just take it so there's no fruit that you like um I like apples oh wow she okay. likes the simple, simple ones. things she likes right? the imported ones okay mm. great how about Wenyi I like fruits especially summer fruits mm -hmm. I think they're very sweet and also because I'm from Malaysia and we have a lot of interesting summer fruits. Oh, oh you have, so you're from mm. Malaysia? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm from Malaysia. Okay. Excellent. Where in Malaysia? Uh, Kuala Lumpur. Okay. okay, excellent. Yeah, there's wow. some amazing fruits in Malaysia. Yes, their their fruit is just as good as Taiwan. You know, in Taiwan, you know, I I had the most amazing and the best fruits in Taiwan. Mm. You know, living in, and growing up in the States, you hardly, you know, fruit is fruit. Yes. <laughs> and they don't taste this passionate. Yes. And it doesn't have that explosive taste Do you and know, flavor. I have to say, when I was growing up in America, like fruits for me, they all look the same. It's basically There's one kind apple. of apple. There's, oh, well, there's more banana. than one kind. But Cavendish bananas, like every banana is a Cavendish banana. Right. In Taiwan, just at my local fruit shop, there's like many different kinds of bananas. Mm -hmm. Yellow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're spoiled here. Yeah, ladyfingers. <laughs> um, and where's, where's home for you, Claire? Taipei. Taipei. New Taipei City. All right. Yeah. So you're probably the most, uh, you're the most Taipei person here. Yeah, I'm the most local person <laughs> here. It's okay. You I'm... look exotic. <laughs> okay, okay. I think it's a compliment. Huh? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So one of the reasons why we want to introduce watermelons is also because it's been so hot here yes. in Taiwan. It's been really hot, okay? And the hottest temperature in June for Taipei is a record-breaking 124 years, right? Yeah, 38.9 degrees Celsius. That's 102 Fahrenheit, 
which it is was hot. Burning. It was really burning, okay? For June, that's crazy hot. And the humidity was 50%, so meaning that it felt like 50 degree. That's right. Yeah. It felt like 122 Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a little good reason for this. We have a, a, a date on our farmer's almanac called Xiaoshu, mm. right? And that is minor heat, and that's coming up this Wednesday, um, July 7th. Mm-hmm. So today, to take a little bit of heat off, we're going to be having a very cooling fruit called watermelon. Yes, and today is 4th of July, of course. It's the birthday of That's America. Right. America. So usually they have barbecue and watermelon. So what's interesting is I have barbecued the watermelon. You barbecued the watermelon today? I barbecued the watermelon. Wow. Actually, I grilled it on a stovetop, but it has barbecue marks on it. So basically, it's an experiment. Has anybody done that before? It is an experiment. I don't claim to be the first... Um, but I may be the last. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out in our show today. Shall we check on our menu? Okay, sure. Let's do it. So in our first course, we'll tell you why they balanced 999 watermelons in front of the presidential office last weekend. Yeah, crazy, right? 999, why? We'll tell you in our first okay. course. In our second course, I'm going to head into the Feast Meets West test kitchen to create a watermelon salad, which is perfect for summer. And yes, that involves grilling watermelons. Wow. And in our third and final course, we'll sample that salad and offer tips for choosing the best tasting watermelons. Yeah, I never knew. You know, it's like I see people tapping on it, but what kind of sound are we look, you know, hearing? Are we supposed to look for? Do you know, can I give you a suggestion? Yeah. Tap on your own head. <laughs> and if it sounds like the watermelon, then you're, you're good. Really? I just pretend. Because you've got a juicy head. All right. (laughs) I know that. All right. We're going to go into our first song today. And this is... This is a fun song. This is by Ame, and it's called Summer Waves, Sha Tian de Lang Hua. And it's a cover song of the, well, the original singer is Gong Ling Feng, Frankie Gao. Yes, and actually the original, original singer is a song in English by the Electric Light Orchestra called Last Train to London. Ooh. So this is a cover of a cover. Ooh. All right, we'll be back in just a moment when the feast continues.
first course. All right, back in our first course, Ellen Chu. Speaking of the heat, there is a reason behind it. So we have to go to our farmer's almanac. Yes. Which is the xiao shu. Xiao shu. Mm-hmm. Which means little heat. Right. And we actually have a list of three or four um, idioms that can describe this special day on the calendar, which is coming up on Wednesday, July seventh. Right. So it says xiao shu guo. It means after this little heat, 一日热三分 So It's like increase of heat by three points every day. Every day, okay. 小暑后天气一天比一天热 So that means after the little heat, every day it's going to be hotter oh day by day. Oh my goodness! And then we have 六月初一 So the first day of the sixth month, and this is on the lunar calendar, right?、Mm-hmm. Um, it says 一雷压九台 So one.、Um, Strike、lightning. of lightning is going to press nine typhoons.、So、What does this really mean? If <laughs> you have lightning, that means that you know there won't be typhoon. Is, does that mean that? Or does it mean there will be? Yeah, yeah. it's like 无雷便是台 So if、mm. there's no strike of lightning, then there will be typhoon coming. Oh, okay.、Ooh. So we have to find out what happens on the first day of the sixth month on the lunar calendar. Right. So that's coming up on Saturday, July tenth. So, so everybody, mark your calendars. So there must be <laughs> lightning, right? If there's no lightning, there will be typhoon. Yeah. We'll check it out. We'll check it out. Confirm. So the、okay. next one is. Okay, the next one is 六月六下雨 which means that on the sixth of June on the lunar calendar there will be rain, and then 一百日见霜 Oh. Wow. So in one hundred days, days from that moment, you will see frost. You'll see frost. Okay. If there is rain on that day. Okay. So let's see. What day is that? That's going to be Thursday, July fifteenth. So folks, mark your calendars for that day. You know. And see if it rains. Whenever I read this, it <laughs> feels like you're reading off some, you know, witchcraft. It is witchcraft. <laughs> It's totally witchcraft. It's witchcraft.、Um, maybe Claire, do you want to do the last、okay. one? This one's fun. I like this one because it has something to do with food. <laughs> okay. Okay.、Oh. This one is 六月六仙草水米苔木 Okay. So okay. that's the same day, the sixth day of the sixth month. Xian cao shui. How do you translate that? Jelly. Jelly. The green. The the black jelly. And rice. Grass jelly. Yeah, grass jelly. Or herbal jelly. Yeah.、Right. And then mi tai mu is a kind of noodle made out of rice. Yeah. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. It's usually for、uh, sweet in、mm-hmm. summer. Yeah. So that's a perfect day to eat both of those、uh, refreshing,、so、cooling treats. Both of them has the cooling property, 降、mm-hmm. 火 mm-hmm. So therefore, these are a thing. And watermelon too. They forgot watermelon. Oh my goodness! They、oh、forgot it on this God, one. The witches don't care. But I tell you, <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you, they definitely bounced 999 watermelons in front of the presidential office building last weekend. What is this? Is that a witchcraft too? <laughs> I don't know. Did you see that in the news? Yeah, but I didn't、no. really understand. I didn't catch it. I think it has something to do with, first of all, promoting locally grown fruits,、okay. right, to help the farmers. But I think it also has to do with the fact that last weekend was the、uh, Dragon Boat Festival,、mm-hmm. and there's a tradition of balancing eggs. So they wanted to balance 
watermelons, watermelons right? Yeah. Okay. But I think that this is actually all just um, kind of what we call like an old wives' tale. Mm-hmm. It's um, I don't think they really balance. They're not really supposed to be able to balance on that day. Well, I think you can balance every day. Yes. Right. You're, yes, that's the thing correct. is that it doesn't have to be at noon time But, because everybody says that you can only uh, balance at Zhengwu,、yeah. which is like noon. But I tried it like other days and it balanced. <laughs> But what day is it supposed to be? Is it Dragon Boat Festival or is it supposed to be like Li Chun? Like... Dragon Boat Festival. Okay. The day and it has to be Zhengwu at、okay. the noon time. Have you ever balanced an egg before? I did. You did at the noon at twelve o'clock. Have you ever tried, like you know, not at twelve o'clock and not on that day? I try around twelve thirty, and then I still make it. So. <laughs> See, <laughs> I think it's just you know the proportion of the egg yolk going down. It's it's all about you know the the magnetism of、uh-huh. the earth. Mm. Uh huh.、Mm-hmm. I think it has something to do with whether or not you cook the egg too, right? Like some、no. people are out there like with their hard-boiled eggs. You're not supposed <laughs> to cook your egg, right? I don't think so. No.、Uh, okay. Unless you're cheating. Right. But I think so. With 999、uh, watermelons, just like Joe, Joe, Joe. Mm-hmm. Which、so、good sounds luck. like forever, right? Mm-hmm. So it mm-hmm. says 好运 Joe, Joe, Joe. So good、yes. luck forever. Right. Um. Yeah. I、uh, I think that's good. Or you could say it sounds like alcohol too, right? Joe, Joe, Joe. Vodka with watermelon. Yeah, vodka and watermelon. That'd、wow. be great. We should make some、Whoa. shots. She knows what she's talking about. No, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I know what college students are doing now. Okay, we've done that. They're eating their fruits. What are you、right. talking about? Right, they're having their fruits. But I see that the tradition is still on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we're gonna go into another song, and this is connected to JoJo. So、yes. it's called "I Need JoJo," right? And it's by Sophie Chen, whose name is JoJo. <laughs> really, her Chinese name? Well, she uses nine nine,、um, mm. but I think the song is like forever, forever. Okay, forever, forever. So we'll have a little listen to that song, and、uh, when we come back in the second course, I'm gonna be in the Feast Meets West Test Kitchen, making salad for you guys.、Mm-hmm. 想着你，整个夜晚辗转难眠。闭上双眼，你的笑脸，顽皮的眨着眼，就像你在身边。看着你，千里之外失去留言，不曾间断早安晚安，跨过了换日线，就像你在身边。为什么爱你会那么幸福？会那么幸福？为什么爱你不觉得辛苦？不觉得辛苦？为什么爱你越来越在乎？越来越在乎？因为我爱你就值得庆祝。再见，你已经过了九十九天，属于穿上新的季节。但是要我和你的约定没改变，为什么爱你会那么幸福？会那么幸福？为什么爱你不觉得幸？
You're listening to Feast Meets West. Second course. Okay, we're back now on the second course of today's Feast Meets West, and we are in the Feast Meets West test kitchen about to make some grilled watermelon for a refreshing summer salad. So, I'm gonna start off by chopping up my fresh, beautiful watermelon into wedges. Now, you wanna keep the rind on just to keep them firm while you're grilling them. Uh, and I'm just gonna drizzle mine with a little bit of olive oil. Um, and uh, I gotta tell this noisy bird out back to shut up. Oi. Okay, so I hope that bird will be quiet. Now I've just uh, cranked up uh, the heat on my stove and I have a slotted pan set down there. Uh, and I'm just going to grill these in a single layer at very high heat. Um, you can also do this on a barbecue, of course, um, until I get some nice dark grill marks like you would see on barbecued meats. Now, while those are lying in the pan, grilling away, I'm just gonna grind some cumin seeds in a mortar and pestle. And I'm also grilling some uh, red pepper flakes while I'm at it. And uh, we're just gonna sprinkle those over the watermelon wedges. Um, and a little bit of salt goes on there just to balance out the sweetness. Now, uh, once those are done, I'm just gonna take them off and put them on a plate. Uh, and once they've cooled down a little bit, then I'll put them in the refrigerator for up to four hours. So the last thing I need to do is just make a quick vinaigrette. So I'm mixing about four tablespoons of olive oil, one to two tablespoons of lemon juice, a teaspoon of Dijon mustard, a couple cloves of garlic, some salt and pepper to taste. And I'm just gonna shake that up good. I like to do it in Tupperware, that way I can just bring it directly to wherever I'm going. Now, uh, I've also got some uh, mixed greens that I'm just washing up and uh, giving them a little spin in my salad spinner. Once uh, we return to the studio, I'm just going to assemble this in the studio for Ellen. Uh, so basically, it's going to be a bed of greens, a little bit of vinaigrette over the top to taste. Uh, and then I'm going to add some crumbled feta cheese just to give it a nice... Uh, savory cheesy flavor to it love that um, sometimes I put a little bit of mint or some basil in there but Alan's not a big fan of mint so we're gonna skip that this time also some toasted nuts would be delicious uh, and then the final thing is just to lay a couple uh, wedges of this beautiful grilled watermelon on top so how's it gonna taste is Ellen Chu gonna like it we'll find out in just a moment when the feast continues but first, another song. This is a song by an American pianist called Herbie Hancock, and it is called Watermelon Man. Uh, wonderful jazz tune, uh, very American song for the 4th of July. And I bet you'll uh, recognize this little song. So in just a moment, we'll be back to sample the salad in the third course on today's Feast Meets West. Don't go away.
good chords. Okay, so we have this special grilled watermelon salad. That is right. So go ahead and start helping yourselves, and okay, I'll explain what please. is in there. So right. with the watermelon, I grilled it with a little olive oil and mm -hmm. uh, some spices, and you can guess what the spices are. And then I made a little vinaigrette from lemon, salt, pepper, garlic, um, Dijon, and uh, what was the other thing? Oh, olive oil is the dressing. And then just some mixed greens and some feta cheese. Okay. So go ahead and help yourselves, and uh, don't eat the peel on the watermelon. <laughs> don't oh. eat the don't eat the rind. You can't eat it no. after you grill it. I don't think so. I wouldn't eat it. Um, so have a little bite and tell me if you can guess what is on the watermelon. There's something on it. Yes, I put some spices on it. <laughs> Poor Claire, she's like. <laughs> <laughs> Smile and barbecue sauce. No barbecue sauce. No. Nope. It tastes curry. meat. Curry? Mm -mm. There's no meat in this. But it tastes like meat. Mm -hmm. It tastes like meat because it's grilled, so it's mm -hmm. got that smoky charred texture mm -hmm. to it. You know, because of the smoky charred taste, it covers the flavor. It does. So it Actually, you need to wait for a little bit later in the season for even stronger tasting watermelon to get the watermelon taste. Um, so I'll tell you what it is. Mm -hmm. Use a little bit of salt, cumin, which is the mm -hmm. main taste in there is cumin, ziran, mm -hmm. right? And then, oh, ziran. Yeah. That's the meaty taste. That's the mm. cumin, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's because you usually associate it with lamb or with meat, right? Right. And then um, some uh, chili pepper flakes. So it has a little bit of uh, yeah, spice, the spice in there. Yeah, spice. Now I have it. Mm. Now I have it. Actually, it's not bad. Mm. I mean, it looked strange, you know, at first, having mm. like grilled watermelon, mm. and then it had the ziran taste. Mm -hmm. You kind of like don't expect it. But basically, I think, you know, after knowing what's on it, I think it's okay. It's you okay. Pass. <laughs> you pass. It's you not, pass. It's not great or fabulous or delicious. It's just okay. No, 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 no. It is fabulous, okay? Because it went beyond my imagination. Okay. What did you think, Wenyi? I think it's really good because at first I, I wonder if you could retain the juice of the watermelon after you grilled it, but it still tastes juicy. And... Um, it feels interesting to taste a watermelon that has a, a meaty kind of taste. Yeah, mm. it's definitely. When I t sampled it this morning in the kitchen, I was definitely like, "This tastes meaty." How yeah. about Claire? I think it's really creative because it looks really colorful with a with a vegetable, and then the watermelon is red, so it it looks really tropical, and it tastes very watery just like when you said mm. yeah and it's really we made refreshing. you eat watermelon mm. <laughs> we made you eat watermelon <laughs> i really appreciate you taking one for the team there yeah, right? yeah. i like it i like it you like it yeah. okay did you add sugar um no sugar yeah i didn't put any sugar in this so it's just the sweetness of the watermelon mm -hmm. and of the lemon from lemon. the vinaigrette yeah mm -hmm. well next time tell daddy when they when he gets watermelon make sure to grill it for you <laughs> yeah. i'll grab it and yeah. do it by myself grill it yourself <laughs> so there's one other thing that i would have done if ellen wasn't here and i would have put mint in this salad 
because oh. usually you can put mint in there to add it goes really nicely with watermelon thank you yeah so i left it out because i know you don't like mint okay or you can also put basil in there with, which would be really lovely mm -hmm. or some there are a lot of vietnamese people in taiwan and they grow their own vegetables their own um kind of salady vegetables that they eat raw a lot of those would go wonderfully in the mm. salad as well. Um, and I would also maybe toss some toasted nuts, maybe some hazelnuts. I think that would, that would, that would be, be good. Sunflower seeds, maybe. Yeah. yeah. There's so many things you can do with this. It's so versatile. You could also treat it just like a meat, you know, because honestly, it has a really hearty feel to it. So right. anything you do with a meat, you could probably do that with these um, watermelon steaks. Mm. So there you have it. Just a idea of something you could do with these... Uh, Fresh and beautiful seasonal watermelon from Taiwan. Great. So. Yes. Did we ever tell people how to pick a watermelon? Oh, we didn't. <laughs> so do you know how to do it? Well, you know, the information that you gave me <laughs> actually said you can observe, you know, the bottom of the watermelon. Mm -hmm. So one of it is that, you know, if the circle becomes smaller and smaller, Mm -hmm. more condensed together then it's a good watermelon and also you know the lines mm -hmm. outside if it's like very vibrant you yes. can see it very clearly it's a good one so you don't have to tap it let me you can tap it if you want if it okay. has a, a like a thud sound like it sounds like it's very full okay. and very juicy then uh -huh. it's probably going to have a lot of juice in it i just want to show you a picture of the watermelon that i used today and that'll give you an idea of just how beautiful those lines are on the outside mm -hmm. and how clear um, those uh, stripes are. And also are. for the stem, you need to look for a brown stem, not a green stem. And so it has to be a curly stem. Oh, wow. Long one. It's a very long one. Uh, <laughs> okay. and it's very dark green and light green. So it's, it's very kind of like their lifeline. That's right. The <laughs> right? lifelines of the watermelon. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's our look at watermelons in Taiwan. Um, do write to us. Send us a letter. We'd love to hear from you. Yes. Our addresses are PO Box 123-199 Taipei, Taiwan. Email us at androo at rti.org.tw. That's right. And next Saturday, we'll be meeting a pastry chef mm -hmm. who started Afterglow Bakery, which makes pastries with special meanings. And uh, they'll be sharing a Black Lives Matter cake with us here in the studio made from a Taiwanese ingredients. Wow, something yeah. sweet and meaningful. That's right. Okay. Just like you, Ellen Chu, sweet and meaningful. <laughs> See, you know, this is how he butter me up all the time. That's why I've been working here for almost 20 years. I can't mm -hmm. believe it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know. Who would have okay. thought? Who would have thought? So we're going to leave you with one final watermelon -y song. Okay. This is called Xiao Gu Niang Mai Xi Guang. The little girl <laughs> who sells the watermelon. It's this like the... The little match girl? Yeah, little so match this, girl. This is the little, little watermelon, watermelon girl. girl. Yeah. Okay. She's got big muscles because those are big <laughs> watermelons. <laughs> okay. And this is by Dan Li Jun, Teresa Tang. So it's an old song. Uh -huh. It's a folk song. Mm -hmm. A great way to leave you today. So for Feast News Test, I'm Andrew Ryan. And this is Ellen Chu. And thanks again to Wen Yi and Claire. Thank you so much. Thank you. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Xiao
，谁要卖瓜，我要还价。西瓜听呱呱，又甜又大。西瓜听呱呱，不要还价。西瓜甜，西瓜大，就好像姑娘一模样，甜又大。你要卖要卖西瓜，我什么知？Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In Southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kilohertz. Again, that's in Southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kilohertz. And in Southeast Asia, from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kilohertz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kilohertz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to PO Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's PO Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me/radiotaiwanintl. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me/radiotaiwanintl for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.